we say soil in the Wu Xing is middle, isn't it? Everything got to be go through the soil. So if the soil congested, I mean, anybody have a problem. Every parts have a problem also can affect the soil. So the yin of the soil is a stickiness. And the yang of the soil is a looseness. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. I have enough books. I do, really. If I did not buy another book, if I studied with a sense of active engagement, I'd have enough books to last for more than the rest of my life. But it doesn't stop me from buying books. But it might be stopping me from engaging more deeply with what I already have. This is a kind of malaise of our modern times, that we don't feel like we have enough. Get a new book, a new class, a certificate, credential, additional set of initials after our name. But what about taking what we already have and putting it into a practice that cultivates a deeper understanding? Our understanding, our own particular view that comes from how experience and study intermingle and create some kind of new knowledge. This kind of knowing is personal. It doesn't come with the stamp of approval from some authority, but rather it's distilled through our own authentic experience. I remember getting gold stars in the first grade. I liked the blue ones better, but the gold ones meant that you were better than a bunch of other people. And I can remember trophies from sporting events, having a GPA that made my parents feel okay, and the first time I could put a couple of initials after my name. From our earliest days, we are invited to join in the endless parade of signs, signals, and sign credentials, the Jungming, the evidence that gives proof that we have value and knowledge. And it's not that these things don't have value, they do. But is the value in the certificate or that you can throw away the class notes because the material of the class has become alive in you? I don't know about you. I find it too easy to recognize what I'm missing. And knowing our deficiencies is essential in growing into a more skilled practitioner. At the same time, recognizing what we have and perhaps digging that well a little deeper might not be a bad idea. It doesn't hurt to revisit the basics and see if they might tell us a different story or open a new perspective. It's one thing to learn the basics at the beginning of our education, but sitting down with them again with some experience under our belt, it can be tremendously clarifying. We don't always need more. Sometimes what we need is deeper. For those of you who like to put your hands on patients and get information through your sensing and palpation, I've got something to share with you from Josh Margolis, but I'm going to let him tell you about it. Hi, this is Josh Margolis, acupuncturist and osteopath. Ever wonder how the best body workers get their results? Why treating someone's right ankle might release their left shoulder? As acupuncturists, of course, we know everything is connected. But did you know that the fascial network speaks, and anyone can learn to listen? There are some simple and powerful ways to listen with your hands, and I'll be back later in the show to tell you about a clinical case that might be like one you've seen, and how some simple osteopathic listening showed me where to treat. There's an innovative class coming up from White Pine Institute on the herbal medicine of Dr. Ugojun. Dr. Yu is the author of the fantastic two-book series from Eastland Press, A Walk Along the River. This class is partly the lectures from when Dr. Yu was in the States in March of 2019, but more than that, there's an online learning community for discussing these cases, and some of the mentors for these discussions are longtime and skilled herbalists. 
I've got one of those folks with me right now, Steve Clavey, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's in store. Hey, Steve. Hi, Michael. How are you? Great. Hey, I'd love to get your take on what you think people have to gain from studying Dr. Yu's methods. Well, if you've read the Walk Along the River books, you'll know that he's really a very widely read sort of guy and takes that reading and thinks about it and then applies that in clinic. And I've gotten so much from those books, as you might guess from the review that I wrote in The Lantern. But uh, I'll give you an example of one. You know, when somebody comes in with uh, shingles, usually I do the standard thing. I might use um, Xiao Chai Hutang or something like that or add some Da Huang. I had a guy once who was really all beaten up in his face and and that, that worked great. You know, I mean, he had the... I thought he'd been bashed, but he but he had shingles that was approaching the eye, and the Xiao Chai Hutang with some Da Huang just cleared it up really quickly. But in other cases, it didn't seem to do the trick. And Dr. Yu has this method of using Gualo Pi and Gualo Ren, which just really has worked fantastically with the couple of patients that I've tried it on. So I think, you know, there's a lot of unusual, uh, not standard TCM type of approaches that he introduces and describes that I think would are really valuable for people. So the other piece of it, it's not just learning from Dr. Yu himself in these videos, but there's going to be this discussion forum, including folks like you and Andy Ellis and, and some other folks, longtime herbalists, curious to know what drew you to wanting to participate in this? Well, exactly that. It's not just another online videoed lecture, which you, you know, you just watch and you take what you can get and, and head off. It's, it's that discussion where people can say, well, I, I use this and it didn't work. I wonder why. Or I use this and it was fantastic. Or here's another take on it I got from somebody else. And I think that's going to be really a rich, a rich experience. Go, it's, she's designed it so it'll go over a year and go really deeply into the materials. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I do too. I'm looking forward to it. And for all y'alls out there that are interested, for more information and to register, you can visit www.whitepineinstitute.org or just go visit the show notes page for this episode. Click on the icon there. Quick heads up about the Sa'am acupuncture class that we'll be having in Portland on October 26th and 27th. If you're a new practitioner, we still have two open spots for people who have been practicing for 18 months or less. If you'd like to join us under that scholarship, please visit the website, geological.com slash S-A-A-M dash class for more information. Thanks to LASA OMS for their support of the podcast. Geological shows up in your podcast feed in part due to the long-time support we have from LASA. LASA OMS knows that engaged and curious practitioners are the ones most likely to succeed and to be of service to their patients. They also sponsor webinars and help to support conferences. In addition, they have a wealth of information over on their blog. It goes without saying that LASA has pretty much any pin you might be looking for because they've been bringing quality supplies to acupuncturists for over 40 years now. Sign up for LASA's mailing list so you can get their notices on flash sales. They've got all kinds of specials on everything from CBD to electroacupuncture supplies, herbs, and, well, of course, acupuncture needles. And in those emails, you'll also get information about the wide variety of webinars that they have that will help you in your clinical work 
and in your practice building. LASA OMS, supporting your practice and our profession with resources and knowledge. Okay, let's get into today's conversation with Rhonda Chang on the subject of E. E basically translates as medicine, and she has some perspectives from her study and practice that let us take a look at the difference between what we studied as Chinese medicine and something of the old school medicine. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Here we go. Rhonda Chang, welcome to Geological. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I came across your books a little while ago. Very evocative names. I thought, oh boy, I would love to talk to you. So you've got two books, In Yang Wuxing, Spirit, Body, and Healing, and Chinese Medicine Masquerading as E. Oh, man. I read that title, and it was like, all right, what, what, what's this woman's email address? Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Chinese doctor. You practice ostensibly what we call Chinese medicine. We may get a better idea of what that all means here in a minute. I'd like to start first with your medical background. How did you get started with Chinese medicine? I knew that you grew up in China. What were the origins? How did you start studying medicine? I like literature, in fact, Chinese literature. I want to study Chinese literature, but my father said you have to study something useful, technical, and then to survive. And then I thought about Chinese medicine because I thought that involves learning classic Chinese language. So just to compromise him, and I enrolled. But I kind of really regret during my study <laughs> because we didn't learn much classics. Just something it can't make a sense from anywhere. You know, it doesn't make sense from Western, you know, scientific kind of uh, ways. And there's no yin yang wuxing. I mean, there's a yin yang wuxing, but uh, when you're explaining disease or sickness, it doesn't really make sense. So I used to always ask a teacher, I said, why? And then they used to say, that's what old people is. I used to say, Old people still have to make sense. They still have to have a reasoning system. And then he just uh, pushed me off. I almost dropped out university because uh, I just can't get through there. But in China those days, if you drop, you can never get back to university again. And then you go to be a farmer. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think you're lucky that they didn't kick you out by asking questions like that, you know? Yes, yeah. I mean, they, they give me very dirty looks, and the whole class of students all turned to me and they give me dirty looks as well. <laughs> it wasn't very pleasant to study. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like it. Really, your love is literature. You choose medicine because, well, all right, my dad says I have to do something practical. I, I have a younger brother who's a musician. My mom said, you should study accounting. And my brother was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. People that love us. They want to see us do well, and if we're doing something that might not be practical, um, you know, they're concerned. So I can understand your father's point of view. You, you take this great middle road, a learned medicine. Oh, there's wonderful literature in medicine. There's old stuff, but you didn't get it back then. That's what it is. And uh, he wasn't worried about uh, so much of a living because of communists those days. And they, a government gave you a job, you're always working. doesn't matter what area. But he worried about me writing something wrong, 
to the governor and now I'll be in jail. And he said, I'm not going to visit you in jail. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so you, your father knew from a young age that you were a little bit of a troublemaker. Well, I, I did. Actually, I have been very outspoken. <laughs> Always be a troublemaker. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump right into some of this then. Like I said, I, I read the title of your book, Chinese Medicine Masquerading as E, E meaning medicine, not, not, not the E is like insignificance for, for those people that uh, just look at Y-E. Very evocative title. Well, it isn't that uh, masquerading because everybody thinks they do learn Chinese medicine, but uh, because you learn this Chinese medicine, not ancient E. So I have to separate these two, and then they are masquerading. A lot of people, especially in the West, actually said, uh, we learned a lot of yin and yang and the wuxing, everything. You know, they said, uh, the one lady actually told me, that's everywhere in our text. They just don't know what's the difference. You learn the yin and the yang, but you didn't learn the change. You know, the book of change is very important. The yin and the yang is not about a, a cold and hot. It's about uh, the changes. So we don't know the changes, and we don't know that links with the wuxing. You know, you know wuxing, but how the wuxing link with the yin yang? What changes? What makes wuxing from yin yang? What the relationship? We don't know. So we say that when we talk about the uh, organs, we talk about uh, you know liver, kidney, lung. That's like an anatomical kind of a sense, but it doesn't really link with the change. So then, when you're in the clinic treatment. You really don't know how to apply for, you know, if somebody got a cough and you use a lot of lung herbs, cleaning, everything, and doesn't work, and you can't really think about how wuxing, you know, the soil actually create the metal, so you got to work on soil, strengthen the soil, and to work on the lung, you wouldn't know. You got a kind of wuxing, uh, uh, you know wuxing, but you don't know how the relationship to wuxing. And the changes, yeah. And then some people get headache, and then they say, "Oh, it's a liver headache, or cold headache, hot headache, and a dry headache, and wet headache, and all that." But really, headache you got to look at it. Say, if you understand the headache from, uh, say, you you understand the kidney and the liver, the relationship, and you might actually make a link. So then you work on the head. You don't work on the headache. You work on the kidney. And you work on the. So I write second book, Yin Yang, you know, the Wuxing Spirit Body and Healing. You might work on the strengthen, warming the kidney and to calm the liver. So instead of say, oh, I'm just going to clean the liver, and you do more, you hurt more. So that's where we gone wrong. Yeah, well, I know that a lot of people get out of school and complain about. We've learned all this interesting theory, and the theory is beautiful. The theory is poetic, and you know, there's there's something about it that describes nature. And I think many people really have a feeling that if they understand nature, then you can use nature, you know, to help people. And yet, when we start to get into practice, it all kind of falls apart. It's like in our heads, it kind of makes a sort of a sense, but bringing into the practicality of clinic is another story. And of course, then we have patients who come in and go, I've got a headache. It's right here on the side of my head. Fix my headache. And then you'll say, oh, that's liver headache. But what makes liver headache? You know, you got to actually understand from yin yang wu point of view. So liver got a, 
you know, like a, what I call the yin and yang side. And if that headache was from the yin, you know, liver yin problem, and what do you do for liver yin? You make the water rising, isn't it? So when the water is too cold, it's a freeze. It doesn't move. That causes your liver kind of uh, dry. So what we do is uh, we warm the kidney, and then you rise the water, and you moist the trees. So you make the flexibility, and you stop that liver kind of a headache, isn't it? So instead of saying, oh, this is a dry headache, it's a cold headache, it's a wet headache, it's just a nonsense, a pure nonsense. I really hate them. <laughs> the reason I gave this uh, kind of a thought title, because I really regret what we learned in the university. You know, five years you spend, and then you learn all nonsense, rubbish. It just gets me really angry when I think about this. <laughs> I, I hear the anger in your voice. We're going to have to work a little bit on your wood. <laughs> but my book <laughs> hasn't got to China yet, and they won't accept it. I can't get them published in China. I can't even get through to China yet. So, Well, maybe not right now, but the perhaps in the future. The message will get through one day, yeah. I know it will yeah. be, because uh, if you get to China, I think that will change the direction, hopefully. It can be. It will be. And students will ask the teacher, say, what are you teaching? And it will embarrass them. Well, I, I think we probably have that here in the United States as well. Sometimes, let me look at my experience. I can remember being in Chinese medicine school. This was a long time ago. This was 20 plus years ago. And sometimes I'd have a question about something. I didn't really understand it. I'd ask my teacher. I would still not understand it. Sometimes my teacher didn't understand it. My teacher didn't have it to give to me. Now, there were plenty of things my teachers did give to me. I feel very grateful for the education that I've got. But I, I think this is true not just in medicine but anywhere. If the teacher doesn't really understand it themselves, it's hard to transmit something deeper to the student. You can only, you can only give what you've already gotten yourself. Yeah, the problem is the reason the teacher doesn't really know enough or they don't teach well is because we don't learn the theory properly. So I'm writing a new book at the moment, and uh, I call them a bagua, you know, bagua or yijing and medicine. Not bagua like gossip. <laughs> well, that's what they're making bagua as gossips now. But a bagua is a profound, beautiful, you know, theoretical knowledge and foundation to this uh, practice, really. And we've got to explain the changes and all the gua. You know, in the gua we learn now, is talk about a uh, lucky or not lucky, but really, the gua. If you talk about it, you got to say how much yin, how much yang, how they change, where they go, and then if you understand that. So if I say I'm in the deep trouble, like a kun gua, and then you say where the kun gua link to, and then you might actually next one will be jing gua, isn't it? And the jing gua link to the other gua, so you know the lines how they change the yao, you know, you know the line to change. And if you know the line change, and you, you actually can apply them. And also, in the, I'm trying to get people understand how acupuncture wasn't experiential. It's all to do with the bagua, because it makes your body as a bagua, meridians. You know, that's why our first meridian said from lung, isn't it? The reason is because, uh, you know, the qian gua, the first one is the dui. Dui is the lung, is the metal. So that's where they come from. And then the points... They said 360 points that responding to heaven and the earth. 
So the 360 points, because you got a 64 gua, but one is heaven, one is earth, you know, kun and the qian, and then there's uh, the sun and the moon, isn't it? So then you don't have that in your body. So you got a 60 gua. And the 60 gua with the six line, there's 360 points. So if you know each line, it's yang or it's yin, so then you actually can change the line and then fix the problems. Very so we're easy. really looking at the transformations of yin and yang. And, and as we began this conversation, you first connected yin yang to the I Ching, to the book changes. You connected it to that. Yeah. And that's why I argue a lot of people say uh, Chinese medicine has been changed or never had a proper foundations. And that's the foundation. And you can't argue. And the, every book you're looking at, it's all about the yin yang. It's all about the wuxing. It's all about the change, really. So when people get rid of, uh, you know, like a Walker Shed, very, very good. He write so many books, but he hardly mentioning about yin yang wuxing. Doesn't even in his vocabulary. So what's that mean? That means you don't know the change. And what kind of medicine are you? So I like to say, he got to be separate from what I promote to the practice. It got to be changed the name. So I start with the giving it different names, Yi and the Chinese medicine. Yeah. So tell us a little more about the difference between Yi and Chinese medicine. You you mentioned earlier Yi is is more about the ancient medicine. We've talked a little bit about Yin Yang Wuxing, the changes that you can see, and you can see. I mean, they're detailed beautifully in the in the Yi Ching. So tell us a little more for our listeners that may not understand this. When you're talking about Yi, and especially in comparison to, air quotes here, Chinese medicine, what are we talking about? Give us, give us kind of the 30,000-foot view here. Well, the first thing is the, about the change. In modern Chinese medicine, we also talk about Yin and Yang, but we don't talk about the change. Yin and Yang is about change. Yin eventually changed to Yang, Yang eventually changed to Yin, and the during this chain, there's five important steps that actually transformationing points, which we call the wuxing. So you got to understand these two, and you analyze the body as you don't see the body as five organs. You see the body as a five I call the wuxing organ. That's why when in my other book I talk about liver wood, I don't just say liver. And when I talk about kidney, I say kidney water. So you got to think about the kidney, don't think about the anatomy. You think about it as water. And you think about the liver, you think about it as wood. So in that sense, and you can understand things better. So if somebody got sick, and you look at what liver does, what wood does, wood actually about erect and the flexibility, isn't it? So if someone lost the flexibility, you say that's liver wood indeficient. If somebody looks at lost the erectness, and you say that's liver with young problem. So then you look at this, and then you can connect to kidney, isn't it? So you look at the herbs, you're also looking at, uh, say, what herbs, you know, like, uh, I'll give you an example as uh, acne. When you talk about acne, you talk about the heat, you know, and they go into the water. So when you're using them, you don't say, oh, acne treating uh, what disease and joint problems, uh, all these things. But you look at the acne gave you heat in the kidney. So then any kind of problem in the heat loss, 
you can use ignite. It doesn't really matter about blood pressure. If in the blood pressure sense, you say, oh, that's so hot, you can't use that herbs, isn't it? Because the so-called blood pressure, we say liverwood is indeficient, isn't it? You're right. They, they're too dry and too kind of a firm. So you want them flexible. So what do you do with the flexibility? You got to warm the water to rise, to make the water rise, to make the liverwood flexibility. So that's a difference, isn't it? If you're in the Bian Zheng Lun Zhi, I mean, modern Chinese medicine, there's a system called the Bian Zheng Lun Zhi. A lot of Western people tell me that, yeah, people telling me, that, I even heard, you know, in the Western medical education, in Chinese medicine, maybe they not talk about, some of them not talk about Bian Zheng Lun Zhi, but you told about the Bian Zheng Lun Zhi. If you told about the body as anatomy and the physiology, pathology, and then you look at a sickness as disease, isn't it? So when you look at a disease and then you say, oh, is that yin disease? Is that yang disease? Is that a, what do you call it, a hot and cold and disease? Or is that a, a dry and wet? You are actually Bian Zheng Lun Zhi. You're in that system. So that system gives you rigid. It's not flexibility. So when you're looking at that kind of a sense of a sickness, you, you paralyze. Say you got a headache, actually. They say, oh, this is a hot headache, a cold headache. You got all the herbs for that. And you done that one, you can't succeed. And then you do another, you do another. How many patients will give you that patience to let you try out all kinds of things before you get there? And you might lucky again. I think we usually get two chances. Yeah, well, that's I it. I think most patients give us two chances. That's it. So then if, you, if you're lucky, you get one. But then next one, you might lose. Because you don't have a clear directions how you use it, why you use it, isn't it? So when you actually in yin yang wuxing, doesn't matter what is it. Well, in my practice, a lot of Western people tend to come to me and say, oh, there's new disease. I mean, there's some of disease. Even Western medical doctors don't know what name yet. But you can treat it because I don't care about disease. I look at it as a, it can't escape about a, is that a yin or yang? Or is that a water, or is that a flexibility, or is that a heat, or is that a mucus you not know, trapped in something, or is that a soil not loosening enough, or too sticky? You always work out a reason, and you always have a ability to find the, whatever, the, the method. And some people telling me, say, you must use Zhang Zhongjin's uh, formula. I don't. I never do. I use any formula because I make up my formula. If the formula is, didn't really, some herbs disappear, do I just sit in there and say, sorry, I can't treat you because I don't have the herbs? you got to find a way. If somebody calls you, don't say, I haven't got a hot water. So then you, you, you paralyze. you got to use heater. Or you can't have a heater, you have a, you know, like a warm blanket. So there's always a way to work for it if you understand the principle. But if you're with the Bian Zheng Lun Zhi, or you say, only the hot water can fix up the coldness. And then you don't have a hot water, you say, sorry, I can't treat you because of the, the, the hot water loss. And that's what difference, the flexibility. So if you understand the principle, you can discover and create any method to address that principle. Absolutely. Yeah, so then you become flexible. And that's what uh, made people rigid with the system. Yeah, and that's what I'm arguing. And that's why people have no confidence. And you have no reasoning system. 
in my book, I gave you example one of this uh, the biggest uh, you know uh, famous uh, Chinese medicine uh, doctor who just recently died actually Deng Tietou, and he kind of gave examples like how wonderful that Bianzhong Lunge is, and he gave example how he treated this uh, fetus you know dead still fetus. And he used one formula, didn't work, and he used another, and he did four times, and then worked. And then he said, you see, you can always find a way. But that's just a trial and error. You can't do that in the clinic, isn't it? I mean, if people don't give you the chance, how many formula can you remember? And how many times people give you the time to look at it? But if you understand what is yin and yang or whatever, you can find needle points, isn't it? And you can actually strengthen the, you say, there's not enough steam in there. I'll give you some heat. I can work on the, you know, kidney, young meridian, working on the gold urine bladder. So you're flexible. And then on that, the needle points is so simple because this is, like I said, it's like a bagua, isn't it? And the gua, it's a yang line, yin line, you know, they line up. So you say, if it's a yang line, and I want more yang, what do you do? They say, you got to bu, isn't it? Nourish. How do you nourish? You go with the meridian flow. And then if you say, this is yin line, I don't like it, I want to change. What do you do? You needle in the points against the meridian line. So how simple that is. You just got to learn the proper thing. We didn't learn. We told about these points, oh, the San Yin Jiao is because, uh, you know, three yin points are meet together and all that. And, and why? How? How do I use them? And they for this disease, for that disease. And if they didn't work enough, what do you do? You say, okay, this medicine is not perfect. So? Yeah. Well, you, meant, you mentioned San Yin Jiao, uh, Spleen 6, for you people that don't speak Chinese. So this is, this is a really... Useful point, super important point. I'm curious from your perspective with Inyang Wuxing, how would you think about applying that? Can you give us a clinical case of using San Yin Jiao that demonstrates the way that you think about using the changes, not just, not just the, uh, how do I say, the idea, but the actual changes that, that we're talking about here? Well, I had somebody had a overdue the birth, you know, she was 10 days ah, late, late yeah. delay, okay. yeah. Late delay delivery. Yeah, mm-hmm. late delay delivery. And uh, she was uh, kind of very dry, you know, like uh, you can feel that uh, she just doesn't have the movement in the water. And so what I did, I actually used the San Yin Jiao. I feel her water is congested. So, and then it worked. So I didn't really go with uh, whatever they say San Yin Jiao do uh, because I feel that her water is congested because that also with the soil organ, isn't it? So the soil actually is not loosening, sticky. So in this case for her, you would tonify or sedate sanin jiao? I sedate sanin jiao. Because what I do is I feel that's blocked. The water is blocked. So I got to loosen them up. And what I'm strengthening is on the urine bladder. Strengthen the urinary bladder to strengthen the water. That's right, to make the, the water, water hot, warm. This is the yang water, That's right? That's right, exactly. As opposed so you to make, yin water. Exactly. So you make the yin kind of not sticky, and you make the yang kind of move, you know, warming and strengthen. So you get a water flow, yeah. That's how you're actually using them. 
Yeah, every point. And uh, I mean, in my last two books, I haven't really talked enough about acupuncture. That's why I'm doing this new book. It's about a kind of uh, acupuncture, and I'm tracing the points. And also very important, you know, people talk about uh, uh, spleen number six or something. You know, every point, there's meaning. And that meaning to do with the bagua. So you have to learn the words. When I actually teach you, you have to learn basic Chinese. You don't have to learn everything. But you got to learn what Changshan Yi means. You know, Changshan is like a bearing the mountain, isn't it? So mm-hmm. and then, then you know that's a Gen Gua, isn't it? So you got to actually know the basics. So if you don't know the, the words, you don't know the meaning of the points, it's harder. It, it is harder. Well, I've, I've found, because I studied here in the United States, I learned, of course, by channel and number. But when I found myself in Taiwan and, and in Beijing, nobody uses the number. They call it by the names. I had to learn names. Once I started to learn names, I realized there was all kinds of information by the name. So I'd like to ask you about a couple of points and, and get your thoughts on how to use these in clinic because they show up for me a lot. So for example, Xue Fun, right? Ren Nine, Xue Fun, water, water division, Xue. Shui fun, shui fun. Oh, okay, yes. Shui fun, my But so that point, from the point of view of Inyang Wuxing, its name basically means water division. We know it has something to do with fluids. How do you think about using that one in clinic? Well, in the clinic, you got to also look at it as uh, the water, what kind of causing these uh, problems, isn't it? So if I was using them, when you have, uh, you know, like modern things, we say, oh, make edema and all those things. You don't really work on that sense. And you're working on that. The definition of the water, isn't it? So definition of water is because uh, the soil and the water, and sometimes they muddy, you know, they muddy. So you're making that point, make them clear, make them a kind of definition. So that's what they would use. Uh. It sort of settles the water. It pulls the soil out of That's the water. That's right. Yeah. And so clarifies it makes it, it. Clear, clarifies them. Yeah. And to make clean the water. And I would also use them, you know, quite often in the lung problems, in the cough. You know, cough is like mucus and then it's uh, kind of muddy. So it's n- not clear. So I can use them to clear the water, you know, to make them flow, make the dirty and the clean separated. So even for a lung issue, you could use shui fun to clarify the fluids of the lung. Yes, exactly. So you, you're not really trapped with the, all the, you know, din zhen lun zhen. They tell you what this do, what that do. You don't really care. The same as the herbs. You know, like uh, you don't really restrict it by what these herbs do. You're actually using these herbs as what you're thinking. Like uh, give example with the di lung. You know, Dilong says are good for kind of flexibility, good for joint problems and all that kind of things, and also for inflexible. But you look at Dilong, I look at Dilong as, you know what Dilong does? They go into the mud, isn't it? So they process your soil. And I actually use for people who had a very bad Western medicine would diagnose them with cancer. And the tongue is very thick and very... uh, kind of a grubby and tummy pain a lot. 
I use a lot of Dilong for it, and it works so well because Dilong would actually go there, process the soil, isn't it? So they make some soil loosening up and make right. it I mean, it's the bug that lives in the soil and loosens yes, up soil. Yes, exactly. So that's what you do. That's how, if you think everything in the yin yang wuxing sense, you make everything. You can do it. You can actually imagine your own rather than following that, uh, whatever, the, the it's so different. And the other thing is like uh, aloe vera. And a lot of people using them say, or oh, clear the heat and uh, get rid of the rubbish. It does, but it's very, very cold for kidney, isn't it? Because you got to look at where aloe vera grows. So you look at aloe vera, like I look at aloe vera, I say, it's actually need heat. It hides the cold, isn't it? Need a lot of heat. And then also, need water, they're growing well. So what happens? It's dry and it's cold, very cold. So if you have a kidney problem, you're using that, you hurt, you damage your kidney, you kill yourself. And then put it on the heat rash, because heat rash is hot and watery, so you put them on there, immediately tomorrow it disappears. So that's how you're using the plants, using herbs and using needles. And that's what I'm arguing. You know, the reason a lot of people don't have a confidence or don't have a actually very good efficacy in the clinic because you don't understand principle. When you understand, you create your own method. And now I want people to do that. So I'm trying to promote this uh, medicine. I mean, I call them a yi. I don't really like to call them medicine because to separate from Western point, you know, that thinking as medicine, healing. Yeah. You are really going back to the basic principles of the medicine. The transformations of yin yang, the way that we look at those as has been mapped out through the I Ching. And then there's five steps that'll take us through a transformation. That would be the Wuxing. And with, with that basic framework, if we understand that framework, if we understand the principles embodied in that, it really doesn't matter what kind of problem people come in with, and it doesn't matter if we've seen that problem or know how to treat that problem, because if we're attentive to the process, the method will reveal itself. That's right. That's how it is. That's how, you know, in the old ancient time, oh, I mean, it's not really long ago. It's only about 100 years ago. I mean, even my time, I met people doing that and just come to, you know, my generation we stuck, or maybe uh, my mother's generation. So you had some teachers who pointed you in this direction. Well, what happened is uh, they never talked to me about yin yang wuxing, you know, as principle, but uh, kind of indirectly. Like uh, I asked a teacher, you know, he was so skillful treating anything like magic, and I kind of uh, beginning was I, I follow him and I recording all his formulas and everything, but then. I ask him, everything I ask him, you know, like, uh, I think in my book, I mentioned this, there was a rash. Somebody had a very severe rash, and then he he used this formula, and I used it, it worked so well. And I asked him, I said, why? And then he said, uh, because I called him uh, eczema, you know, like, uh, not eczema, in the Chinese we call the uh, hives. And hives means... Uh, it's kind of a word, doesn't mean anything, really, just to describe the, the rash itself. But he said it's called a uh, feng zhen, which means a 
wind rash. Wind and rash, then, right? Yeah, and so if you call the wind rash, and he said the heat create the wind, and he said you get rid of the heat, and the rash goes. So right, he the used, wind will settle on its own. Yes, exactly. And then I also had another kind of old doctor, and uh, he had a, I had actually very bad cough, and I treated everything and used a lot of herbs. I was still coughing. I blame because I talk too much every day, you know, seeing people. And I asked him, I said, how do I do this? Why can't I actually get over this? And he said, you got to strengthen the soil to nurture the metal. So I did. And it worked. Actually, that's my own formula. And it did work. I was shocked. I said, how come this theory we're not told properly? So from there, I just uh, always trace on this uh, trend. You know, I, I, in my other book, I got this Arxian uh, Tang which is an old formula. And uh, I was told by a doctor, and I said, this is very good for kind of uh, menopause. You know, he said that. But I actually translate that as, uh, you know, what menopause is. So I look at the symptoms, you know, you get a hot, you know, hot flashes, and you got a really uh, kind of hot and cold, and you get an emotional problem, you can't sleep. So I explain that as, uh, you know, you, you keep your heat loss, isn't it? Because your trees are too dry and they turn to fire. And then they disturb the heart, the spirit. So what I do is uh, I warm the kidney and cooling the liver and then ground the fire down. So I form this. Uh, and why you explain that way, you can treat anything which you feel that's the heat and the, the wood problem and the spirit problem they link. So, you know, like, uh, so gradually that just pushed me on that track. And now I, I go back to the classics and I learn myself. Yeah. So nobody really direct me the way properly. I mean, like directly say, read this, you know, like what I'm telling you, you must learn the principle, you must learn the changes. Yeah. I, I have found in the time that I've studied and practiced Chinese medicine that there are people who had methods to teach, and, and those methods could be very helpful for the specific things that, that those methods were useful for. But then there were other people that, at the time, it didn't even seem that helpful because they kind of pointed me in a direction to make an inquiry of my own, where I could start to put together some different principles. So th that leads me to this next question. You were talking about the liver earlier on. And you were talking about, when you talk about liver, you have to say wood liver. It's not enough just to say liver, wood liver. Liver wood. Liver wood. Liver wood. And, <laughs> yes. then, and then there's also the yang aspect and the yin aspect of the liver. That's absolutely, yes. It seems to me, as we've been taught the wuxing, at least here in the West, at least in, in, in my limited education, it has really focused on the yin organs. So like when we talk about wood, people go, oh, wood, liver. Well, I mean, there's also the gallbladder, but people rarely talk about it, right? If we talk about fire, people go, oh, fire, that's the heart. Well, it's also the small intestine. So there's this yin and yang aspect, not just of the organs, but of the elements themselves. That's right. And that's what you, when you're doing acupuncture, you got to work on the yin meridian and yang meridian. And why they have yin meridian and yang meridian, isn't it? Because there's the yin side and there's yang side. Yeah. 
So very important in that. I mean, we're not told. I mean, if a lot of people say, we learned everything, but did you learn that? You know, did you learn the inside and young side? And did you learn actually, you know, when you're in the clinic, if you meet any problem, do you get panic if you didn't know how to do it? So if you do, that means that you haven't learned properly, isn't it? So with this way, even if something I never heard or I haven't got a clue, but then what I'm thinking is at least I have this clue. Is that yin or is that yang? Or is that warm or is that cold? So I got this basic idea. And now I say, if my formula is not working, where do I go? If it's not hot enough, like I'm treating a problem. Actually, I've been treating myself. I had a very serious poison from formaldehyde and benzene you know, in, in China. I was in China. The, in the, the house, new house, the fittings, it's all very poisonous. They put Chemical the, sensitivity. A, yes. I mean, it's not sensitivity. It's a serious poisonous. And now I actually got a rash, like blisters all over the body. And red, and then fever. And then really, I, I, I almost dead, really. I mean, it's amazing that our life still today. And why I use herb? You know, if people look at that, you're thinking, oh, you got a heat and you got a... I couldn't eat and then um, fever. So you got to use a lot of cold herbs, isn't it? But then really, before you get a fever, you get this uh, cold for a few days, really cold, and you're shaking the kidney. So you say, what that is? What causes this fever? It's the cold, isn't it? Your kidney losing the heat. And then you're losing the heat and you got to actually, and then the tree dries, and then you get a fever. You get a burn, fire. That's when you get a fever. So I actually looking at this and now I say I must, I never really got Western medical diagnosis because I don't want to see them. And uh, yeah, I just use, uh, so I use the fuzi and I found the fuzi wasn't enough. So I start using cao wu. Cao wu? You were serious about getting some heat in there. Oh yes, very much. And then I use 60 grams each day. 60 grams cao wu each day. And then you add uh, actually all the like rou uh, gui and you, uh, yang huo ye, you know, ba ji ya, xian mo, dang gui So you use all these uh, hot herbs and try to support it. But then, of course, at the same time, what you do is, uh, because you got a lot of rash, that means you got liver with yang damage, got rotten inside. So you got to actually use like uh, things like tu bie chong, you know, mm-hmm. the tu bie chong, the, the bugs. The to really strongly move you, the blood. Yeah, and you... Yes, and you got to use wu xiang, mo yao, all these things which are good for cleaning the blood, which we, I call them like a trees rotten. What do you do? You got to chop them out. You can't. And I use ban mao. Ban mao is very important. Ban mao I'm not familiar with. Ha, ban mao. Oh, I don't know the English name clearly in my head. That, you know, I, have to okay. read I don't know it. the English yeah. names of these things either. I only know the, the pinyin or the Chinese. I know it's called the blister beetle. Yeah, I mean, common name blister is blister beetle. beetle. Okay. Yeah, blister beetle. No, another one of those bugs that strongly moves things. It is very, very, very poisonous, but very, very effective. Beautiful. And what that does is, uh, you know, if you have a kind of a swollen, and what they do is they separate, they get the water out, in that uh, kind of a swollen, and then that uh, they transform the swollenness become pus and the water away. So you get a big blister, and when the water out, the pus come out, and you get over the problem. Very, and, and very. And you get the toxins right? out of the system that way. 
Yeah, so, and the, so I call them liverwort young herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get rid now, of that. This is a fabulous example, and thank you for sharing it with us, uh, your own experience. You have all these symptoms. It looks super hot, but you know the origin came from cold. And, and I think this, is, this gets tricky for us in clinic because people come in. We may not know that they had cold originally. I mean, this was you and your own experience. You remember being cold before this came on. But in clinic, it can be trickier. Because people come in and maybe all they've got is are the heat symptoms that you're seeing. How do you work things out for yourself so that you can get a sense of what really began the problem for your patient? You got to ask a history. I do actually spend a lot of time with the patient. You got to get them trust. A lot of times people give me your fake information. They come in, they say, oh, I got this. And after long talking, and they actually expose some of the things which you get, you know, clear. So you do need to understand, say, before you, you know, how do you get it and what's happening. And uh, sometimes people don't even understand themselves. But then you got to look at the symptoms. The symptoms and the tongue tells you things and the pulse tells you things and the skin color tells you things. I mean, there's a lot of uh, information you can collect. But, uh, you know, like in Bian Zheng Lun Zhi, they say, oh, you got a pulse, you got a tongue, you got, you don't need everything. Because once you determine what problem is, you don't have to. But if you haven't, and you look at every kind of, uh, uh, every aspect of uh, symptoms or even family problems or even where they work. And like I had actually, uh, somebody had this, uh, couldn't sleep. And she said that they moved in this new house and turning, 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 just can't sleep. I actually went to the house and next to them, not very, about a few hundred meters away, and there was a big television power there. So you got to look at all kinds of reasons. If you didn't go, you probably don't know. I mean, I had another case which somebody got a bit rash. It just feel like you're poisoned, you're poisoned. And I couldn't know what. That was the beginning I I kind of uh, didn't realize how bad this glue is. And then later on, after I had a problem, and I realized uh, she had a new kitchen put in, but I didn't really realize that. So, you know, you do learn along the side. But then, but uh, even if you don't know what the original case is, you look at the symptom. Say, for example, if I didn't know uh, somebody had a cold before, but then you also feel very cold. You're going to ask people. I, that's the always things I ask. You like to be hot or you like to be cold? I mean, in my case, before fever or even the June after, no fever time, you're cold. You're very cold. You just want to be warmer. So you, you ask these kind of questions. Yeah, very, I always ask these few questions about soil. You got to ask a few questions about soil. You got to ask a few questions about wood and a few questions about the water. You, you, around this, yeah, and then you detect. So, so it, as you talk with your patients, you make sure to touch on every one of the five phases to see which one seems to have an issue. And then, and then you differentiate from there, is this an yin problem or a yang problem? That's right. And then you're also asking what relationship, because sometimes, like, say, you got a heat rash. It's a heat, isn't it? And you got to ask a few water and other problems because the patient actually behind them, 
do they have a cold, you know, water? Is that a really just a strong body and had too much rubbish and got rash? And if that case, I'll just clean, no worries. But if somebody actually say, you know, generally very weak body and very weak and tired and cold or whatever, and you say this is not a simply, you know, just the heat. It's the heat building from rotten, from something fermenting heat. So then what you do is you got to be careful because that kind of thing, you can't just clean, clean. Because you clean, clean, you cool, cleaning, you make more, you know, stagnation right. and you they make get more weaker. fermenting. Yes. So in that so. case, you'd have, I mean, it's like dealing with damp heat in a sense. You have to do a little bit of nourishing. So they've got some something to work with. At the same time, you've got to clean out the jaw. You've got to clean out what's uh, what's dirty. In that kind of case, you actually make steps, a few separate steps. What comes very urgent, you got to really do quickly, isn't it? If somebody got a heat rash, really itchy, they can't even eat, they're vomiting, I got to clean them out first. You know, just suppress them, and then straight away, I'm going to, when that actually the symptoms are down, and I got to warm the kidney, I got to really, you know, supporting whatever the behind the problems. Then sometimes I make a few different ways. I had a case of, this is probably a good example. Somebody had uh, 20 years of uh, urine infection all the time. And then she'd be on antibody for 20 years, on and off, on and off. And when she came here, she couldn't even, antibody doesn't even work anymore. So she suffered, she suffered. And uh, so what I look at her is uh, she got the, I mean, she in pain, in pain, and then couldn't really pee. You know, that's a very difficult case. So I, I do a big cleaning up first, you know, clean the water first. And then what I did was uh, warming the kidney. And then when the problem is not really too bad, I warm. But when you warm, sometimes you get the, the rubbish out as well. So then you clean. So sometimes she use two kind of herbs, you know, uh, in the morning, probably actually warming. And nighttime I clean because otherwise she can't sleep. So you're just looking at the symptom and you, you decide. You make a few different steps, yeah. And I had another case, a lady had uh, all complicated cases. She got a liver, kidney problem, and uh, everywhere. But uh, when she came here, her heart was like, uh, uh, got a fluid covered. So she couldn't breathe, and she had very weak, and it's very difficult. But then she's allergic to all kinds of herbs, you know, like uh, she can't take this, she can't take that. So what do you do? I loosen the soil first. Nobody would be, you know, sensitive to uh, cinnamon and uh, sensitive to what you call licorice and all these things. So I actually work on that as mild things first to get a little bit loose in the soil and then I actually warm a little bit of kidney and I loosen with the soil so then I actually clean up a little bit of the liver. You know, you just got to do a few different steps and make a strategies. Hi, this is Josh Margolis again. So I recently saw a 30-year-old mother of a 3-year-old with persistent right hip pain in the groin and buttock and pain just behind her left mandible radiating into her ear. The previous week, I had squeezed her in for an emergency acupuncture session for her back and right buttock, where I did straightforward electrical acupuncture on the painful areas. She got up off the table much improved, but the next week she came in to her follow-up in basically the same shape as before I treated her. Sounds all too familiar, right? What to do? Instead of repeating the previous stopgap treatment, I assessed her osteopathically. While she was standing with her eyes closed, 
I placed my right hand on the crown of her head and pressed lightly towards the ground. I followed the tension patterns in her fascia and came to her left sternal attachments of pectoralis major. I treated those manually, but of course I could have used acupuncture just as easily, and within a minute and a half her hip was 70% better and her jaw 50% less painful. I didn't touch her hip or jaw. By relieving the tension pattern in her pec, her body fixed itself. Learn this and more osteopathic manual assessment and treatment techniques in my up-and-coming courses, The Lower Extremity, September 28th and 29th in Sonoma, California, and The Lumbar Spine and Pelvis, November 9th and 10th in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we will also go into treating stubborn low back pain, plantar fasciitis, and knee injuries in trail runners and skiers. You'll be surprised at what your hands have to say. Check out joshmargolis.net and additional links in the notes section for this show at geological.com. Now let's get back to today's podcast conversation. You know, as we've been having this conversation today, I've been hearing you use the term loosen the soil more than a few times, which makes me think, okay, earth element seems to be the root of a lot of issues that come into your clinic. Very much. I mean, everybody, really. It's not just in my clinic. Because we say soil in the Wuxing is the middle, isn't it? Everything got to be go through the soil. So if the soil congested, I mean, anybody have a problem, every part have a problem, also can affect the soil. So the yin of the soil is a stickiness, and the yang of the soil is a looseness. So if soil is not loosened and the kidney water can't rise and the heart fire, the heat can't descend. So if the soil is not loosening and then what do you call the lung got no moisture and then the trees can't reach to the water. So you got to really loosening the soil is one of the big problems because we call the each nature of this wuxing have the basic nature like a water. Water is basically cold, isn't it? So they always need to be young, you know, loosen, need, need to be young. The soil is uh, sticky, that's the basic, it's the yin. So they need, always need to be warm to loosening. So that, that's, you got to have this. Yeah, you got to understand that they have a basic nature, but they have yin side and yang side. It's like, uh, say, yeah, I mean, you got to have the basic but you also need the other side to work together. I mean, like a man, a woman to make baby. And you're basically man, but you need woman and then to create the baby, isn't it? Or even something as simple in this life as having an inhale and an exhale. With, without both, you don't have anything. Yes, so absolutely. When you talk about the wuxing, the five phases... You're not thinking about it in the way that is often shown in the books, where it's a circle and there's five different points. You could almost make a star out of it. You are thinking about the earth as in the middle. There's an up, there's a down, there's a right, there's a left, and in the middle is the soil, is the earth. Yeah, I mean, that, that within circle, you, you say, is how they move, how they change. But the in the, the what you bagua, if you see the bagua, the Wu Xing always in the middle. I mean, also in this uh, new book, I explain what Wu Xing is, you know, where they come from. It's not just about wood and uh, water. You know what Wu Xing is? Wu Xing came from Tiangan, if you heard of Tiangan. Tiangan, tell Tiangan us about Tiangan. 
Yeah, you put a stick there, and then where the where the sun actually landing is, not it? the sun come up, and the, from the east, and then the shadow go to the west, and when the sun actually down, and then the shadow is going to the east, isn't it? So this is the the west and the east, and then the sun also in winter, so they go south and the west also a little bit, isn't it? You know, they go longer stay and the shorter stay. So then you get uh, actually the, the shadow longer and uh, shorter. So what that means is uh, that's four directions. And this four direction means uh, the hot, the cold, and the spring, summer, and the autumn, and the winter. So this is the fourth season. And the middle, that's where you are, where the stick is. That's where we benefit from the sun. So that's Wu Xing. So Wu Xing, the middle is the soil. And the middle is the soil. And it is what is steady and things move around it and through it. That's right. That's right. So that's, we talk about a soil receiving the sun, isn't it? So the receiving the heat. And then when the sun coming, the soil get warmer. And when the sun actually get the hottest time, and then we get the most warmer. And then when the sun going down, we get a cooler. And when the sun is really right down there, we get really cold. What that means, uh, things grow. And or we get up or we, we lie down. So this is Wu Xing. It sounds like you're also talking about tracking the yang and the transformational influence of yang on the various elements, the various phases. Yeah, so the, the, really the Tiangang, what I say is the Tiangang is about position. It's the sun and the moon, that a position, that a relative, the sun and the relative to the moon, uh, to the, to the, what do you call, earth. So that's what, that's what the position is. So the, the Bagua is about position and time, isn't it? Because this position follows the time. So the time is the Dizhi. And this is the Tiangang and the Dizhi together, that work together. And that's what the yin and yang is about. And that's what the wu xing came about. And that's what the ba gua came from. And then what he tu luo shuo, I actually explained from tian gan, di zhi, and then how that formed this uh, luo shu, and then the luo, luo shu. Luo shu, what does luo shu mean? Luo shu, you know the he tu and the luo shu, the first uh, very basic, in my book I explained that, the first, uh, uh, you could say is the diagram or illustration of yin yang wu xing theory, the he tu and luo shu. And that's where ba gua come from. Okay. So I'm getting a sense of this, and it's super helpful. I'm, I'm curious to see how I start thinking in clinic with just, just having these ideas in my head now. Where does the liu jing fit into this? Liu Jing, right? The six confirmations or six levels. There's no great way to translate Liu Jing. I'm going to call it the six Jing. How does that fit into this? It's a very good question, but it's a long question. <laughs> I don't think we can explain them here. But, but you know, like Bagua. Uh, Bagua uh, is a heaven and earth, and the rest is the three Jing, really. It's uh, uh, Shao Yang, you know, Tai Yang, Yang Ming, and Shao Yin, Tai Yin, uh, Jue Yin. That's uh, where the Liu Yin come from. That's come from the uh, He Tu Luo Shu or come from Ba Gua. So if you understand that, actually you don't really talk about, I mean, we talk about Liu Jing as uh, Liu Jing bian zheng, uh, bian zheng, yeah, the, the 
modern Chinese one, Liu Jing Bian Zheng, says which Jing the problem. Where's the problem? Right, Zhang Zhongjing, you know, talked about this. Of yeah. course, Zhang Hanlun. Zhang Zhongjing actually, Zhang Zhongjing didn't talk the way as Bian Zheng Lun Zhi talked about. I mean, they misinterpreted that. Actually, they use they made a false kind of representation for him. But really, what Zhang Zhongjing tells is about Bagua how the changes go from which Jing to which Jing. You know, like uh, how this uh, long meridian going to the large intestine, and then you know how this is transformed. That's what the Liu Jing is about. So it's also about how the Yin meridian going to the Yang, and then the you know as I said, the inside of the organ and Yang side of organ. After all, how the Yin goes to the Yang that that's a very evocative statement, and we might need a whole other conversation just to get into that. But when I think about the six jing, let's just start with the taiyang for a moment, okay? Because taiyang is really interesting. We generally think of taiyang as being cold, you know. And when we think about like the the climate of the taiyang, we usually think of it being cold, right? It's associated with the urinary bladder. No, that's the yang side of urine bladder. The yang I mean, side. yang side of a kidney water. Yang side of water. How can that be? The yin, the cold, I and mean, you associate that as with the the yang dominant. Okay. Well, well, just stick with me for just a second. I want to see if I can understand this because there's so much that I don't understand. So I think about the taiyang, right? And on one side, you're talking about the yang side of the kidney water, which is which is the urinary bladder. On the other side of the taiyang, we have the small intestine, which to me is is a most curious organ because in in the Chinese medicine that I learned about, they don't say much about what the small intestine is or does. It's almost like it's a forgotten organ. You don't think about that as、uh, what I call the、uh, anatomy sense. You got to forget about that. You think about、uh, that as a shaoyang, isn't it? You you think about it as this is really you have to go through the bagua to know the lines of、uh, the yin and the yang, you know, and then you would、uh, it's a little. I mean, we really need another probably talk after, especially after my next book come out, and you understand a lot more because I this you need a lot more explanation how the changes are. As as what I'm saying, the yin and the yang, the the traditional yi is about a change. I mean, not everybody in traditional Chinese medicine they learn traditional yi. They learn they actually know every everything. So then they call the ru yi and then yi gong. You know, a lot of them they probably just need some skills. You know, they know basic and know skills. But the people who really good with it, they got to know about the change about the yi jing. Yeah, once you know the yi jing, you know the change. And you understand what the Shaoyang, what Taiyang, what Yangming, these things mean, and the, you know the inside and Yang side of each organ. Okay, so this is in in the new book that you're working on, or is this? I'm in... working on, yeah. No, that's the new book, yeah. Because in the last couple of books, I'm mostly concentrating on herbs. So this one is about the、uh, meridian. If you explain your meridians, you explain your points, you have to explain it. How this changes in this,、uh, you know, you have to get from there because this is very long. So I spent the last six months just did the theory part, 
tell people what is the Tiangan digit, how the Wu Xing came from, how the yin and yang, the, the concept came from, and how they formed this theory, and how that become a Ba Gua, and how Ba Gua actually lead to the body. So you got to understand that before you can actually explain the meridians, because that's what formed the meridian and the body. And the, this. the I Ching is really the operating manual for an E doctor. Yes, yes, yes. And I Ching actually, that's where the, you know, the Huang Di Nei Jing, everything is based on that. That's the uh, Huang Di Nei Jing is the extension of I Ching in healing. Well, it sounds like I have some work to do and some study to, <laughs> to go back and look at this. Because I really, there's no book I can find. That's, uh, that's why it's very difficult. I have to just uh, trace from the beginning and uh, work out all myself. I mean, in the old text, uh, they kind of use them, you know, but they don't really explain enough to say how that connected. And there were a couple of uh, Chinese doctors in China, you know, modern Chinese doctors, write a couple of books about the uh, Yijing and Chinese medicine. I read it. it was terrible because they all oh, they just say, you see, this Yijing got these words, and this Chinese medicine will use this word. That's why we connect it. That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, that's so that's, you a, got that's really... a pretty thin connection. <laughs> but, so, you know, but, I, I just I, I want to come back to the small intestine for just a moment here because... You know, you're talking about we, we hear things or we're taught things and we're supposed to, you know, try to make some meaning of it. So I, I can remember being told about the small intestine and like what it does, but I never really understood like the proper physiology of the small intestine from a Chinese. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, what does the small intestine do in Chinese medicine? I've got a sense of what it does in Western medicine. But, you know, when we learn about the different organs... We must actually get away from that uh, modern Western medicine thinking, you know. Exactly. So, that, that's my yeah. point exactly. And so yeah. if I'm going to be thinking about the small intestine, if I'm going to be thinking about the yang side of Xiaoyin, the yang side of the heart, I mean, how do I start to think about that? I mean, I, I can say these words... And, and I can ask the question, in clinic, if there's, if there's an issue with the small intestine, or maybe another way to say it is, if you're, if you're treating the small intestine, what is it that you're thinking about in terms of changes that you're trying to bring to a system? It's first, I would say, it's a young set of the heart, isn't it? The, what does heart does is the heart is a, a fire, and the fire actually naturally rice, isn't it? So then the inside of the heart is grounding, and the young side of the heart is uh, floating. So that's what a small intestine does. It's a kind of floating heat. That's what it generally is. They're floating. So when you work on the, on the small intestine, you got to think about how actually, say quite often, this is a problem with the heart, because the heart is young organ. Often I mean, heart fire. Fire is young, isn't it? So then they often lack of uh, yin. So you got to ground in them. But if somebody actually doesn't have uh, enough uh, of uh, young heat, you work on the small intestine points. To bring that young heat up through the yeah. Xiao Yin. All you does is uh, because uh, the small intestine makes, uh, you know, it's external of the heart, isn't it? That's what we call the young and the inside. So what they do is uh, the spirit that receiving 
from heaven and earth, that's where small intestine already does. So that's when you're working on that, you're thinking about how I bring the heat into the hot fire. I so appreciate our conversation today. I've got all kinds of new ways of taking some stuff that I already know, but just looking at it from a slightly different point of view. So appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I like to take this opportunity to answer a lot of people saying, you know, in the West, we learn a lot of yin and yang and wu xing, all this. And I want to tell people, say, if you know the change, you have learned. If you don't know the change, you haven't learned. You learn the terms, you haven't learned about yin and yang and the wu xing. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Um, any idea on when this new book of yours might be out? I mean, it's always bad to ask an author when their book is coming out because we know books always take much longer than we thought. But do you, do you have a timeline on this? I thought it was September this year, but no. <laughs> uh, I hope end of this year I can bring them out, really, because I've done the theory part now, and now I need to, but uh, actually to line the points, each points with the old bagua is another task because there's nobody ever done that. So you got to make sense. I mean, not I just, uh, you know, I can actually have the basic idea, but I have to make sense. And the name of the points and the why actually that's gua, you know, like which one is to do, you know, each gua got a six yaw, you know, six lines and each line, why which line is which point. And now I got to actually using this uh, you know, this uh, book, you prove from them to say they're using it and not telling you why. So that's, uh, I'm trying to make sense of that. It take time, yeah. I look forward to this, and, and I suspect all the listeners out here are looking forward to this as well. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation on the gap between TCM and E, as Rhonda likes to refer to it. If you'd like to help support the efforts here that help to bring you these kinds of deep and thoughtful conversations, please do consider purchasing a membership to the podcast and become a geologician. In doing so, you'll get access to some special conversations that are exclusively for members of the podcast. And remember, I always enjoy getting a postcard from wherever it is that you listen to the show. And if you found Geological to be helpful, please be sure to share it with a friend. Tune in again next week for a dose of all things Geological. Geological.